0: Last Sunday, S.P. Tony preached on the sermon, True Worship Tested. In this true worship of God, there are two non-negotiables, and that is no competitors and no conditions. Today we are continuing Daniel chapter 3 in the remaining part of the story on the burning furnace. And this chapter 3, before we start, it is important for us to really start to recap the context of Daniel chapter 3, because context is really important. It helps us to understand the story. It helps us to interpret the story in light of the Bible author's original intent. Context prevents us from imposing our own view on the Bible story. So before we read the passage, let us understand the context of Daniel chapter 3 through its literary structure. Back in those days, the Bible authors, they used literary structure to communicate the important point the biblical truth that they want the readers to take note. So, for example, just because there are some details in the story, it doesn't mean that all the details in the stories are meant to be biblical truth. give you an example. In Daniel chapter 1, the author writes about how Daniel and his friends ate only vegetables and water. It doesn't mean that those details of drinking water and eating vegetables are biblical truth that modern Christians like us should apply and eat it every day. I can almost imagine some of you saying, Henga! especially the children. Because details in the story, in the Bible story, sometimes are really just describing the situation and not prescribing a biblical truth. So in order for us to understand the context of Daniel chapter 3, let us look at the structure of how this chapter is written. This chapter is written in a classic structure where the author writes the order of A, B, C with D in the middle and that is the important message that we must not miss in this entire story. So right in the middle of the classic structure is on how the three guys were really tested to worship God as one true God. In verses 16 to 18, in the middle part of the classic structure is the story, is the part whereby the the three guys said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, we will not worship you. We will not worship the idol, and even if we are put into the burning furnace, even if God doesn't deliver us, we still will not worship the golden statue. So that is the important part of 16 to 18. Today we are covering 19 to 30, the reverse order of ABC. We cannot cover the remaining part of today's passage with no reference to 16 to 18 because that is the important part of the classic structure that we must take note. So that's why today we are covering the sermon and it's titled as Tested, Tried and True because in today we are still continuing this idea of test that God wants us to continue to be tested and yet worship God as one true God. Last Sunday, Pastor Tony preached on true worship tested. Today we will continue the same theme of test that we will continue to be tested, tried and true, to worship God as one true God. So before we dive into the scriptures, let us pray. Father, we give thanks to you for your word. May you grant us your spirit to understand your word, strengthen our faith, help us to grow deeper in our walk with you, and help us to put you as our Lord and Master in all areas of our lives, especially our trials, our challenges and our pain. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. This morning, let us be tested, tried and true in our faith in God because God is still in control, because God rewards those who are faithful. Let's begin with first point of today's sermon. Let us be tested, tried and true in our faith in God because God is still in control. Let us read from verse 16 because our passage, even though it starts from verse 19, is so hinge on the middle part of the chaotic structure, and let us read from verse 16 so that we can recap the climates of the story. Reading 16 to 23 today, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his ways was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated, and he ordered some of the mighty men of the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their outer. Garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent, and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed these men, who took out Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. Scholars said that this furnace was maybe the same furnace that made that huge, golden image. That's why it was huge enough to throw people into the fire. Whatever it is, this furnace was heated seven times. It was overheated. It was said in verse 19 that it was heated seven times. And this word seven times was probably a hyperbole, which means it's an expression of exaggeration that the Bible author intentionally said and used and written about it so as to send a message to the readers that the furnace was out of control. The temperature of the furnace was out of range, out of norm, out of control. So much so that the, the guys who took the three um, Jews near the furnace were burned. Not only was the temperature of the furnace out of control, someone else was also out of control. King Nebuchadnezzar, his anger was out of control. It was almost like the same situation in Daniel chapter 2, when he was so upset that his wise men couldn't tell him the dream, couldn't interpret the dream, and he was so angry that he wanted to kill all of them the wise men, the enchanters, the Enchaldeans. So this same king was out of control. The temperature of the furnace was out of control. The anger of the king was out of control. To send a contrasting truth to the readers that God is still in control. When everything was so out of control, the contrasting truth is God is still in control. Today, likewise, let us be tested, tried and true in our faith in God because God is still in control when everything is out of control in your life, God is trying to tell you that He is still in control. You know, God is in control is a theme that has started since Daniel chapter 1. In Daniel chapter 1, Pastor Edmund preached preached about God being in control. He's still working behind the curtains of our life. Daniel chapter 2 is still about God is in control. Chapter 3, we come to the same theme. God is still in control. My question to you this morning is this do you truly believe that God is still in control of your life? When everything is out of control, do you really believe He is in control of your life? Recently, I had a conversation with someone concerning the disease of cancer. We all know that cancer is a disease where the cells are just growing out of control. Some of us can identify with that fear of having cancer cells growing out of control, maybe because you have been recently diagnosed with cancer. Or maybe you are recovering from cancer. Perhaps you know someone, your loved one, um, diagnosed with cancer and going through a very difficult journey. But this morning, God is trying to tell us that even when the cancer cells are growing out of control, God is still in control. He is in control in the number of days we have on earth to worship Him, to praise Him, and to serve Him all the days of our lives. Maybe some of you, you have... Wayward children, strained spouse, situation at work that is completely difficult to solve. You have been trying your very best to solve the situation at work or even at home or even relational tensions with friends, but it's just not within your control. This morning, through all the situations in your life, your pain and your challenges, God is trying to tell you that He is still in control of your life. Do you believe? Can you see? Do you truly believe? You know, it's not difficult to say that God is in control, especially when there's happy ending, like Daniel chapter 3. In a little while, you will notice that Daniel chapter 3 had a happy ending. The three guys didn't die. So it wasn't so difficult to say that God is in control of the situation. But how about trials, tribulations, Persecutions that we hear in world history, in the past, or even current international global affairs, when we flip through the papers, can you still say that, God, you are still in control? Do you find it difficult to say that? This is a picture of a particular concentration camp in 1930s and 40s. In that part of the world history, in Germany, they had a lot of this kind of camps. This camp was exclusively for women children of women as well. It was a very dark period of world history that sometimes when we look back, we find it hard to say that, God, you were in control. You know, I find it hard to to believe that why would anyone throw human beings into burning furnace? Why would anyone throw human beings into gas chambers? God, are you still in control? Were you in control? It's easy to say God is in control in happy Endings. But it's really difficult because humanly speaking, I found it really hard to say that God, you were in control of Reverend Bert's concentration camp. I found it really hard until I read a book. And this author surfaced a prayer that was written by a mother, probably a mother, in this camp. This prayer was placed beside a dead child in this concentration camp. And this prayer says this, O Lord, Remember not only the men and women of goodwill, but also those of ill will. But do not only remember the suffering they have inflicted upon us, remember the fruits we brought thanks to this suffering. Our fellowship, our loyalty to one another, our humility, our courage, our generosity, the greatness of heart which have grown from this trouble. When our persecutors come to be judged by you, Let all the fruits that we have borne be their forgiveness. I want to encourage you to take a picture of this prayer. In this coming week leading up to Good Friday, reflect on this prayer. In whatever pain, trials, challenges that you are facing, reflect your trials in light of this prayer. I have been reflecting on this prayer for some weeks. It has deeply moved my heart. Through this prayer, I saw a faith tested, tried, and true. I saw her faith tested through the cruelty of the guest chambers. I saw her faith more precious than gold, tested by fire. I saw a faith that stood firm even when God didn't deliver. Through her faith, through her prayer, I saw God. And I concluded that God was there in that concentration camp. He was there strengthening His people, deepening their faith, helping them to be tested, tried, and true, purifying their faith, refining their faith. Her faith today is ringing loudly to us, telling us that God is still worthy to be praised. Even though our God has not delivered us, our God has not answered our prayer. Her faith is telling us that our God is worthy of all praise and worship, even though He didn't deliver them that then. Today, God is trying to tell us to stand firm in our trials because He's still in control. Sometimes God chooses not to deliver us because he wants to reveal the idols of our heart, deepen our prayer life and purify our faith. Let us remain tested, tried and true. Stand firm. Just because he has not delivered, it doesn't mean we should run to other sources, run to other idols. Let us continue to worship God. Praise him because he's worthy of all praise and glory and worship even though he has not delivered us and has not answered our prayers. In this coming week, I want to encourage you to take that prayer, reflect upon it, and may God change your prayer, transform your prayer, such that you are praying not only for deliverance, but in your prayer you have a deep desire for God's glory. This morning, let us be tested, tried and true, in our faith in God, because God is still in control. You know, when the temperature of the furnace was out of control, the anger of the king was out of control, those out-of-control situations is trying to tell a contrasting truth that God is still in control. When everything seems out of control in our life, God is trying to get our attention to tell us He is still in control. The story in Reverend's concentration camp reminds us that even in that particular painful episode of the world history, God was in control. And likewise, let us continue to stand firm he tested tried and true because he's still in control because he rewards those who are faithful. Let us move to the second point of today's sermon and read the remaining verses from verses 24 to 30. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see four men unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire, and the Shadrachs, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed, their clothes were not harmed, and no smell of the fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded their bodies rather than served and worshipped any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree, any people, nation, or language that speaks against anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb. And their houses laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. You know, some scholars concluded that Daniel chapter 1 to 6 are known as the episodic narrative where there's similar theme and similar pattern. For example, we see how in Daniel chapter 1, how Daniel and his friends were tested, they passed the test, and they got a reward with promotion. Daniel chapter 2, Daniel was tested, he passed the test, and he was rewarded with a promotion. Daniel chapter 3, the three friends, they were given a test, they passed the test, and they were rewarded with a promotion. There is a similar theme in these few chapters, and the theme of reward is really obvious throughout the three chapters. The theme of reward is not only just obvious throughout Daniel chapter 1 to 3, it is also throughout the bible as well we can see that in a particular few verses that jesus said in matthew 5 verses 11 to 12 this is what jesus said in the sermon on the mount blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you church let us be tested tried and true Because God rewards those who are faithful. Whatever furnace of fire and life that you're going through, stand firm. Don't run to other sources, other idols, or run to other coping mechanisms for help. Stick to God, run to Him, lean on Him, acknowledge Him, and He will straighten your path. Honour God even though He has not delivered you or answered your prayer. Continue to stay true. He will reward you for your faithfulness. You know, some of our faithfulness could get immediate reward like Daniel chapter 3. For those situations, we praise God. But most of the time, our reward is really on the other side of eternity, isn't it? And that's why we must stand firm. We must encourage one another, stand firm, be tested, tried and true. Because God rewards those who are faithful. You know, I can't help to have a question in my mind. If I ever had a chance to ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I would ask them this question. Which one was more rewarding, to be rewarded with a promotion to serve King Nebuchadnezzar or to survive the fire and to dance and walk around with the fourth figure? Which one was more rewarding? You know, many church fathers said that maybe the fourth figure could be a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. Um, Some say it's just the angel of God. Whatever it is, the fourth figure tells us that God's presence was with them. God has not left them. God will not forsake them. God will be with them in the burning furnace. God will be with them in exile. God will be with them even though they are not in the promised land. Perhaps, perhaps one of the greatest rewards on this side of eternity is a sweet realisation that there is another in the fire standing beside us. There is another in the waters holding back the seas. Let us continue to be tested, tried, and true because God rewards those who are faithful. Whatever furnace or fire that you're going through right now, stand firm. Stand firm. Maybe your reward is not immediate, it's on the other side. But let us cling on to one of the greatest rewards right now, and that is His presence in our life. There is another in the fire standing next to you. Can you see? Can you perceive? I want to share with you a story that Pastor Tony introduced last week and I want to build on it. This is a story of Caleb, 10 years old. Story and photos are all taken from salt and light. In a short 10 years of life, Caleb is going through so much pain, more suffering than any one of us here would have gone through in life. Diagnosed with a very rare form of um, bone cancer, his right arm had to be amputated. Despite the devastation of cancer, Caleb demonstrates a great depth of faith that surpasses his age. Caleb went through three months of chemotherapy, and that didn't help. And that was in Jakarta. And his family had to sell the business, borrow money, and come to Singapore. And they are in Singapore right now for treatment. The money that they've raised is only enough for two cycles of chemo, and the family is really trusting God to provide the rest of the fundings. In a Salt and Light interview, Um, This is what Caleb said, and I felt his prayer deeply encouraged me. He said, God, please heal me and help me to be able to walk again. If I cannot walk anymore, it's okay, God. I see Daniel 3 coming out from Caleb's prayer. Remember Daniel 3, the three guys said, God, you will deliver us. Even if you don't deliver us out of the burning, fiery furnace, we will not worship other gods. And I see that in a simple child, 10 years old, saying that, God, heal me. If you don't heal, it's okay. I pray that our prayer in this season may be transformed by the Spirit, that we pray for deliverance, but more than that, we will be able to, after those three words, it is okay. It is well with my soul if you do not answer my prayer. So the interview time, they went on to ask Caleb this question. Does Caleb believe that if he passes the test, he will be richly rewarded at the end? This is what Caleb said. I think the reward is going through the test itself because it shows that God is still with us. Caleb understands that one of the greatest rewards in life is realizing that there is another in the fire standing next to him. There is another in the waters holding back the seas. He understands and he's clinging on to that that great reward of God's presence in the family, with the family, and in Him. Today, let us be tested tried and true, my brothers and sisters in Christ, because God rewards the faithful. Whatever furnace, trial, pain, challenges that you're going through, stand firm. Stand firm till the end. If you feel that your wave is wavering, tell another brother, another sister in Christ, so that together as a community, we hold each other hand and we say, stand firm to the very end. Even if God doesn't deliver, He doesn't answer, it is okay. We will not worship other gods. We will continue to worship God because He's true of all worship, glory and honour. Today God calls us to stand firm, be tested, tried and because he's still in control, because He rewards the faithful at the end. As we come to a close of Daniel 3 and the close of the service, in a little while, we will partake the Holy Communion together. I want to invite us to all rise and respond to God with this song, Another in the Fire. This part of the sermon is best with a response to tell God we will still worship You. We will still worship You and trust You the way to the end. There's a grace. There's a grace
1: when the heart is on the fire Another way when the walls are closing in When I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning in the fire, standing next to me. There was another in the waters, holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free, there is a cross that passed a slave to my sin anymore should i fall in the space between what remains of me and this reckoning either way i will bow to the things of this world yes i know i'll not be alone i know i will never be alone there is another in the fire To me, there is another in the waters holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding what power set me free? There is a grave that holds the the ground shake beneath us as the prison walls cave in nothing stands between us I can see the lightning cloud I can see the light in the darkness as the darkness bows to Him The prison walls hated. Nothing stands between us. Nothing stands between us. We declare there is no other name. There is no other name but the name that is Jesus. He who was and still is and will be through it all So come what may So come what may in the space between All the things unseen and this reckoning I know I will never be alone We declare I know I'll never be I know I will never be alone There'll be another in the fire, standing next to me. There'll be another in the waters, holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding how good you've been to me, be? I'll count the joy, come every bad. Joy come every battle, 'cause I know that's where you I'll come the joy, I'll count the joy come every battle, 'cause I know that's where you be.
0: With all eyes closed, allow me to speak to my brothers and sisters in Christ. Today, you're grateful for Jesus standing beside you in the fire, in the waters, holding back the sea. You're grateful for all the trials, the pain, the challenges that God has sovereignly allowed in your life because they are molding you, refining you, allowing your faith to be more precious than gold, tested in the fire. Today, you want to thank God for the trials that come your way. If this is you, I want to invite you to raise your hand, to say, God, I raise my hand to tell you that I'm grateful. I thank you for the trials in my life. I thank you for the trials in my life. That they have made me stronger, stronger in my faith, refining my faith. So that many years later, my faith, when I'm gone, I leave behind a legacy for the next generation, that our faith is tested, tried and true. More precious than gold, tested by the fire, refined by the cruelty of the situation. But yet we can smile at the storms, smile at the storm to come. Today we are grateful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may put your hand down and I want to speak to friends who are not Christians yet. There's a stirring in your heart to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, to confess your sins and you believe that the blood of Jesus can cleanse you and forgive you completely. If this is you, I want to invite you to receive Jesus today, not tomorrow, not next Sunday, today. If this is you with all eyes closed, except those on duties, can I invite you to raise your hand? Is there anyone receiving Jesus for the first time in the gallery in Level 2 Century? Anyone who wants to receive Jesus for the first time? For those in the online space as well. Let me pray for you. Father, we pray for friends who are listening in to this sermon. Friends who have accepted Christ but too shy to raise their hands. I pray that you will fill them with your spirit. Cleanse them by the blood of Christ. Give them a new heart. Help them to believe that you are the other person right now standing in the fire and waters with them. That you will continue to strengthen them and continue to help them to not only start well, but finish well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.